Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Welcome back, 365 Sports. We head down to Miami where Olin Buchanan of TexAgs.com joins us now. And Olin, I know that, you know, it was only week one, but just numbers-wise, A&M's offense did not do that against an FBS opponent all of last year. So that alone should create way more optimism than maybe even people thought going into this year for that offense. Well, you're right. A&M uh, scored more points in, offensively in the first half than they did in any game last year. Um, so that's progress. And I think there was a lot of uh, cautious optimism anyway because, again, A&M had A, so many injuries, B, so many young guys, uh, C, played so many close games that you felt like there was a, uh, a good chance that they would make uh, – you know, a, a step forward, and then you bring in Bobby Petrino, and there was no question that he was called to the play, but he called them well. And you know, uh, guys like who are who are freshmen are now sophomores. Guys like Connor Wigman, uh, uh, Evan Stewart, Noah Thomas. You know, those guys played really well. And uh, you know, yeah, it's right. You could say, well, it you know, it's just New Mexico, and that's true. But last year it was just Sam Houston, and it was just UMass, and it was just Appalachian State. So uh, I, I think after that opening performance, there's still reason for cautious optimism. So this week they head down to Miami. That's a team that is in a different part of a rebuild than, than maybe some of the other rebuilding teams. They're in year two under Mario Cristobal. They had a nice showing last week against Miami, Ohio. Again, kind of the same thing as A&M. I think the biggest question, Olin, that remains to be seen for this one is A&M's been recruiting with Jimbo Fisher, these guys, for a few years now. You know, the, the, the kind of athletes that, that people think can eventually win the SEC if they get everything right. Miami has not been doing that for very long. Now the transfer portal helps you shorten that window a little bit. But do you think this Miami team is is going to be able to go athlete for athlete with AM? Not athlete from athlete, but uh, you know I think they're certainly good enough to beat A and M. I mean, last year's game was a touchdown difference. A and M won by eight, I think it was seventeen to nine. They brought in a uh, a center who is highly regarded from Central Florida. They brought in a a guard from Alabama. They've got a five-star, maybe the number one uh, tackle prospect in the last recruiting class, if not number one, number two, to uh, both of the offensive line where they felt like they needed help the most. So uh, I know that uh, by listening and to and reading the Miami media, they feel like being able to run the football against A&M is a, you know, is a big key for them to win. And, you know, they have that optimism based, you know, primarily on the guys they brought in from the uh, transfer portal. So, um, you know, to your point in question, yeah, you don't, you don't have to wait as long to rebuild as you used to if you can, uh, if you can score big in the transfer portal. And Miami did very well. Would you say there's a, 
not a full like culture reset, but like a little miniature culture reset this year for this team and that they had to do given like they brought in a lot of, of big time freshmen in that class. It was very highly touted, but then they had to send a lot of them almost immediately right out the door. Those things have happened. Is there a, a control alt delete for lack of a better term going on with, with A&M at least in the locker room, culturally making sure everybody's you know pulling the rope in the same direction? Yeah, I think uh, there was a little bit of, uh, or at least I think there's some addition by subtraction. Look, there's no doubt that a guy like Chris Marshall is a very talented player. But sometimes you wonder if the off-field antics, you know, are worth the talent. And uh, you saw he transferred to Ole Miss and then was uh, <laughs> was uh, dismissed at Ole Miss a couple of months later, right? Smoke Bowie, I, I don't, he wasn't a problem here. But uh, he decided to go back home to Georgia. and uh, you know, he, uh, he's been dismissed from the team there. So, uh, I think the, uh, issues, you know, did for Harris left, he's at LSU and he got suspended for one game already. Uh, but he, he's going to be back and gosh, after that opening, they, they, they need some help in the secondary. But, um, so I, I think that, uh, yeah, there were some guys that, uh, may have been more about, uh, what the team can do for me than what I can do for the team. Uh, I don't think that's limited to Texas A&M, though. I think it's just Texas A&M's recruiting class was so uh, celebrated that, uh, you know, it, it gets magnified. But, uh, uh, yeah, I do think there's a uh, – uh, by, by talking to the players and some coaches, I think there is a different attitude and uh, the feeling that everybody – on the same page and working toward a common goal rather than, um, you know, out for their own thing. I, I don't think they're going to, uh, I don't think you're going to have to suspend any players for sneaking out the hotel and, um, and going down to parties at Prairie View or vaping in their uniforms in the locker room on the road. I don't think they're going to have those issues anymore. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, is this, when you say it out loud, it just sounds even more ridiculous of of well, of what you're doing as an athlete and and oh like everybody oh and everybody has these problems like you said like there's it's to it's like every college football program essentially is going to catch a rash of this it just depends on how bad that rash spreads season to season right right and, and it was pretty bad last year at yeah. you know in georgia every time they go on a drive they're afraid they're going to get pulled over yeah uh, they got they got to slow down the offense um <laughs> You know, everybody has their issues, but A&M's, of course, were magnified last year. Uh, A, because uh, the the recruiting class is so celebrated. And then B, because you just mentioned how ridiculous some of the issues were. Uh, so when you have some guys that are involved in some of the things that we're involved with, and some of them were involved in multiple incidents, same guys, um, you're probably better off no matter how talented they are. Uh, letting them go somewhere else and trying to trying to get their act together somewhere else. Which, by the way, uh, I hope all those guys do. You don't want to ride a guy off uh, for doing some stupid things when he's eighteen and nineteen years old. Yes, uh, we're all varying degrees of stupid. Like when we're that age, right? I mean, like you know, they, right. even the smartest ones are. You know, we're all still kind of stupid uh, at that time in our life. Uh, Connor Wigman uh, showed some flashes last year, obviously, of what he could be. Very highly recruited player. Uh, anyway, this whole offseason with Bobby Petrino uh, being – I know that there was a quarterback competition because that's what Jimbo has always done. But, um, you know, he's been the guy since the end of last year. 
they didn't really have that so much going in with Haynes King even a year ago because they were a little bit worried about his health and that that kind of proved that again and they they went through it. How much difference does that make it that they have known that Connor is the guy from the time the season ended last year, more or less? Um, yeah, I think uh, there's there's something to be said that you, know, you can you can have a little more confidence. Look, for years uh, there was a lot of hope on on uh, based on Haynes King uh, coming from what we were told because let's face it, we didn't see him play that much. Uh, but with, uh, with Connor, you know, you've seen it, you know, you've seen start his very first college game and throw four touchdown passes against Ole Miss. You've seen, uh, play really well, even though he didn't have to throw a lot, uh, in that win over LSU and he had two touchdown passes in, in those games and he, and he was very poised and, and very accurate. And then he comes back and he opens his first game this year and he throws five touchdown passes. You, so you've seen him play well. So uh, it's just now a matter of, is he good? Yes. How good? Uh, and can he get better every every week like you hope he does? And if he progresses, you know, I think he could be a very, uh, you know, very, uh, you know, the, the, the feeling here among a lot of people is that um, this, that, that potentially, and that's such a, uh, a, a dangerous word, but potentially he's in his best quarterback since Johnny Manziel. And, Admittedly, that's setting the bar, you know, kind of low because there hasn't been a lot of great quarterback play. Kellen Mond had a, one really, really good year. He was solid career, but one really, really good year. And Trevor Knight came down here for a year and was really good. But other than that, the uh, quarterback play has been spotty. But um, there's there's a lot of of uh, expectations about Connor, and and some of that's based on. The, the potential they brought here, but a lot of it's based on what you've actually seen him do. How much of a Tesla? I mean, last week, again, it's New Mexico, so the defense didn't really have to to hit on all cylinders, but they brought in – that's one of the areas on, on defense. You know, they brought in Tony Grimes and where Jimbo got into the transfer portal a little deeper than he has uh, before over there on that side of the ball. Uh, is this their fir- – this is their first real test, though, right, of – how much has oh, that, that helped it? And because they have a lot of t- stud recruits over there, but adding those transfers in to see them gel for DJ Durkin, this is this is this is the first one, right? Yeah, I think this is the first big test for uh, DJ. Look, last week, look, we all know it was an open book test, mm-hmm. and they passed it. But you're supposed yeah. to pass an open book test, uh, even though they failed some of the last year. So, um, look, A&M, first of all, was one of the worst teams in the country against the run last year. They they uh, limited New Mexico to 91 yards, I think it was on 33 carries, and 27 of those came in uh, on one carry with uh, with third stringers out on the on the field. Um, so, but again, it's New Mexico. Now you got Miami that we talked about before. They fortified their offensive line through the – transfer portal they think they can run on anybody maybe they can they've got henry Parrish that they brought in from old miss last year so he played for miami against a&m last year and he's a a guy that can you know go go 80 yards if you're not careful i think he had a 60 maybe a 40 or 60 yard run against a&m when he was at old miss um and they had a big time freshman kid that they're really excited about big powerful guy so uh i know like i said reading and hearing what the media here is saying uh, they feel like the uh, key for Miami is 
is their ability or whatever success they have uh, running the football, and, and they think they can do it. And A&M looked really good against the run uh, last week. So what? It was in Mexico. But, you know, they weren't bad last year against LSU. Um, and, uh, again, you know, they were playing with a whole bunch of freshman starters last year. And those guys, you know, they're playing in a grown man league as 18-year-olds. As maybe some of them had just turned 19. Uh, but now they've got a full year of experience, a, few, a full year of growth behind them. Uh, weight training and all those things that we all see guys make a, a big jump. Uh, Walter Nolan actually lost weight. He's down to for like 320 to 290 and really quick and looks good. So um, are they going to, you know, are they going to be better in their first big test? You know, we'll see. Uh, Owen, just your thoughts on Texas and Alabama as an outside observer to this. Uh, you know, I watched the game last year and I thought, uh, um, I thought Texas might have gotten hosed on a play that looked like it might have been a safety, and then it still came down to a uh, a field goal right in the last mm-hmm. what ten seconds. Yeah, and that was and that was with uh, Bryce Young and with uh, oh goodness uh, Will Anderson and a couple mm-hmm. of and a lot of other guys. So uh, I don't see any reason to think it's going to be uh, not going to be a real close, hard fought battle again. Um, I think. And I'm not around Alabama all the time, but I think if there, if if you look at Alabama and you're looking for a reason to be concerned about that team beyond quarterback, I think you might look at the secondary. And what do you know? Uh, Texas just strength of their team may be the receivers. So that, you know, that's a matchup that may be favoring Texas. And I think uh, I think Ewers was throwing the ball pretty well against them last year before he got hurt. So uh, I think Alabama wins. Uh, I think it's hard to win in Tuscaloosa, even though the Aggies have done it. It's been a long time, and they almost did it last year, but, you know, almost doesn't cut it. Uh, so I think Alabama will win, but I'm thinking that uh, I'd be surprised if it's not a close game. I'll, I'll put it that way. All right, Owen, enjoy Miami. Make sure Nuno I'm takes you. To. You tell Nuno <laughs> to take you to nice places, okay? <laughs> well, well, he knows his way around. There's no doubt about it. That's the, uh, that's the advantage of being Miami. With a, a native Cuban, yes, absolutely. You you tell Nuno like you know like he, not he's not. I don't want him to save money. Like this place is good, but this place is cheaper. Nuno needs to treat you right, Olin. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, Lucci's paying for that. So okay. Has, I, I'm sure. I'm sure Nuno will have absolutely no conscience when it comes to uh, <laughs> what we're going to spend. <laughs> All right, Olin. Enjoy. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't get the. The reference, uh, David Nuno is the over there at Texas. He's the, I don't know his title, but I, mm-hmm. I've known David Nuno for quite a long time. He was here in Waco. Uh, he and I have hosted shows together uh, over the time. He's been uh, all over the place. Uh, he's he's Cuban, so he's there in Miami, in North Cuba, uh, essentially. <laughs> I mean, it is uh, just like we're North Mexico here. Oh, yeah. Miami is very much North Cuba. Do you? Uh, all right, so do you have like a spot? In Miami, like you got to go to like a certain you know, spot, you got to hit up. They're, they're like the the like the super famous ones. Like I, what I don't know about Miami is the hole in the wall spots because right, yeah. I didn't grow up in Miami. I grew up like going to Miami and sometimes begrudgingly, um, just because when you grow up in Florida, like Miami, like they have kind of a different. It's a different vibe than everywhere else, right? Yeah, and then you're like, I don't know, I don't know. But I will say we were down there in 
2020, right before the world almost ended, uh, for the Super Bowl, uh, there was a lot of great, like a lot of places I hadn't been to before, like neighborhoods that have been, you know, uh, they're different now mm-hmm. than they were in the in the in the late 90s and early 2000s, and I hadn't been to Miami since I think 2008 or nine, right? Um, because my my buddy uh, got married uh, down there, uh, and it was a total waste of time and money because I got divorced right after that. But uh, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I say that, and if he's watching, he knows he feels exactly that same way. Uh, had a good time, but. Um, that was the last time I'd been there. So a place can change a lot. And it had I like Miami and now I'm older. So I probably appreciate parts of it more than I would have never gone to in my twenties. Definitely. Then I, I, I do. So yeah, there were, there are parts of it, you know, that was like, that's cool. Like, look, here's the thing, go down to little Havana and get yourself some Cuban food. Like there are, and it's not just Cuban food. There's like all kind of different. It's so many different cultures in Miami and so many different great things. Um, that it is a cool, really cool place to go. Now, the, there, it has its problems and the things that still bother me. It's never going to change. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I had a blast. Q and I had a, uh, had a, had a good time there uh, when, when we were there. So, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, Smokey was there for a couple days. Um, less that time. Like, he was – that was a weird trip for him. Like, we had to kind of cram into one Airbnb uh-huh. in a place that had – and this was so Miami – I'll go to break right after this. But we went there for the Super Bowl, and we always get Airbnbs when we go to Super Bowl. And so I found this place that was uh, condos. And, like, they were just trying to be, like, their goal was to be vacation rental condos. Right. It was a two-bedroom, and it had a very nice living area. But you put four people in that, and it got real, real quick, you know. You know, one of us is on air mattress, two on beds, one on couch, you know, kind of a thing. Honestly, it was a little bit like a college spring break trip, like when you walk in the room. But um, man and I had just kind of started dating then too uh, when I was in Miami. Uh, and, but yeah, it was, it was, we had a good time. We was in a neighborhood I'd never really hung out in before, which I, for the life of me now, I can't remember. It wasn't that far of a, of an Uber ride to, uh, to the convention center. So yeah, it was great. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fun place to go. Now look, I am, you know, from a different part. I'm from Fort Myers, I went to school in Tallahassee. I lived mm-hmm. in Tampa. Like, Miami is not my – it's like if you had to ask me to rank those four places, Miami would come in fourth. But um, it's certainly ahead of other places in, in Florida that I do not like to go. Um, so <laughs> I want to go to Miami, like, for the cultural food, like you're saying, to get a Cuban. And, like, I want to go check out Ernest Hemingway's house down in the Keys. I think that would be pretty cool. That's about the, all I care to do in Florida. Yeah, I went to South Beach when I was 21, and – even 21-year-old me who loved to, like, you know. Get down. To, to go, like, get in, get out amongst them uh, a little bit was you'd walk into a place and be like, all right, that's $30. I'm like, to, nope. To get in here? Look at me. You think I have $30 just to give you to walk through a door? <laughs> no, that's my beer budget for the night. You point me to the place where I can get two for one, sir, and then they point you well off of South Beach. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you, you point get me down to... with the peasants. You point me to Dollar Wells all night long. That's the place I can go to in 2001. <laughs> $30 to get in. Oh, Carmen Electra might be there? Big whoop. I don't have they, Carmen Electra money. They tried to do that to us in Cancun with, uh, I think it was Senior Frogs, where the, the 
cast of road rules or one of them was there and you had to pay extra to go out back and you might be able to get seen on TV. I was like, nah, that ain't for me. I'll pass yeah. on that one. <laughs> yeah, you'll be on road <laughs> I'll pass on that one. a background extra on exactly. road rules. Maybe. 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 It's not like it's live. I mean, no. They're going to cut it up. Like, oh, look, there's my leg. We're just going to take all our money. Yeah, absolutely. All right. When we come back, let's dive a little bit into this uh, Oregon State and Washington State thing and uh, their now pending lawsuit against the rest of the Pac-12. Roadmedianetwork.com. <laughs> 